Welcome to the E6 Podcast. The E6 Podcast is a place for candid conversations from Colonial Church, where we will dive deeper into what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as Christ followers. Welcome back to the podcast. We are here for episode number 13. I am Brooke James. I'm one of the pastors here at Colonial. I've got Tanner Hodges with me. What's up, everybody? Hey, buddy. How are you? Uh, it's, I'm good. I'm tired. It's Monday. Yeah. I'm tired. It's been a long week. But we didn't man. even meet this morning. It was just, you had time yeah, to... Yeah, it was like, then you got to take the kid to, to school. It's true. And then come back. And my wife, I love Shelby, man. She's like, She's like my spirit animal a little bit, like in that, like this morning she woke up. Can um, I can I stop you right there? Yeah, you can. I Just guess. so you don't get in trouble. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was, I was, I was thinking You're like, dude, this guy is not near there's enough nowhere, coffee. There's nowhere this no, story goes. No, I was going to say, I was going to say, like, she's been really faithful, like getting up and going to the gym and all that stuff and really been encouraging me to do that. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and she goes. You just you're like no. I'm she not doing goes it. every day without fail. Nine fifteen. She goes. That's do, awesome. Does like two hit classes and then lifts weights and stuff. And I'm like, good job, Shelby. I'm like, babe, I just can't do it. That's <laughs> I'm just, funny. I'm just lazy. <laughs> we also have Jordan with us today. Jordan is taking over Lauren's spot at least for uh, the day, and as we rotate seats all the time. What's up, Jordan? Oh man. Taking over, just uh, filling in for today. Oh man, <laughs> filling in. Come on, you that's know that's not like the language talk. we use. That's oof, not what we said. Oh, love it for today. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're glad you're here. Um, you yeah, uh, you brought us a, a message yesterday in the uh, in our service, and so we wanted to have you on, especially while Lauren was out of town. Because who knows what happens if it's just me and Tanner in the room, and we were talking about stuff because. That probably just wouldn't be very good. No, so. like you did. You see how quickly I almost got in trouble. Like how quickly that <laughs> it took. Like it like, took two seconds, like thirty dude. seconds, and we were there. I'm just glad we're doing this from the lake, man. That we, yes. shut, that we shut the office down for today. I since think the, Lauren's out. Yeah, I right, think the yeah. mics do a good enough job that they don't pick up the waves that are slowly yeah. mm. lapping onto the yeah, boat. Yeah. You know, mm. Tanner, yeah. you flip those stakes real quick. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, thank you, Jordan, for being here with us. Um, we are probably not going to go too long. I want you to stick around because we have a an interview that that uh, that Lauren did with two of the senior pastors from around the city. He did it with uh, with, uh, with 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 Bob McCartney and from First Baptist Church, and from and with uh, Lance Bourgeois from Grace Church. Yeah. So. Uh, I haven't got to hear that yet. So, no, it's pretty cool. I got um, to be in the room. I got. I just kind of got to be the fly on yeah. the wall a little bit and um, hear those guys chat. And it's cool to see just their friendship. Um, yeah, Lauren's been here what two years now, something like that, in the city. Uh, I don't remember. I don't. Dude, Boy, time flies when you're having fun. Apparently. I think it's almost three because I'll be here to April first. Dude, it has to have been three then. Man. Yeah, it's been a long time. And just to see, <laughs> feels like forever. feels like forever with this guy. Uh, <laughs> No, like it was cool to see their friendship, and so I'm excited for people to hear just that, uh, just that conversation they had. So yeah, it's cool. So we'll have that coming up later, and uh, but yeah, we will get some stuff to talk about. Um, I didn't really prepare you guys for what we're talking about, Jordan, specifically because uh, I, that's fun. That's fun for me. Yeah, it's just to... fun to watch him squirm a little bit. You know <laughs> what? Are, what am I? What am I what doing? Am I doing? So what did I get myself into? To this? So yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I will actually, I will explain why I did that later. So okay. uh, first, I was curious. Um, so today is the 29th. We're recording on the 29th. Happy birthday, Dad. Shout out to my dad. Oh, I don't, yeah. th- I don't, I don't even know that he knows that we have a podcast, so whatever. Probably not. Um, but anyway, just in case, happy birthday, Dad. Um, to, it's 29th. April 1st is coming up. Yeah. I'm curious... As the uh, as the the more honorary people that you guys are, yeah. Uh, do you have a history of April Fool's things? Have you done things before? What has been your favorite things? I'm curious. What do you do for April Fools? Go ahead, Jordan. That's, so I know my, it's all you, man. I, I love my mom. I'm just gonna make that statement up front. <laughs> I love, love my mom, but my mom's a little gullible, and there were two buffaloes that were between my hometown and oxford mississippi that a guy had and two. so just two, two just buffaloes two, just yeah. two and so it was a pretty big deal <laughs> right, to yeah, drive yeah. by and see those buffalo i mean you just don't see <laughs> buffaloes in north mississippi right so whereas like it's shocking for me because i'm like we have them all over the place yeah it's like so, you yeah. only I had think two? three years okay. in a row i got my mom with the story of how they slaughtered those buffaloes and passed out the meat and gave everybody a sample Ooh, and to watch her her face go oh I can't believe they did that and then April Fools April so, Fools yeah. yeah I got I, literally three years in a row <laughs> she's that emotionally connected to the buffalo she was the two buffalo she's just very sensitive okay yeah okay and I'm yeah. not it's where you get it right? I'm not sensitive oh, okay. at all so yeah all right. that's one of my April Fools that yeah, I did yeah. as a kid I just I don't uh, I don't really do the April Fools thing yeah I'm just like. My I'm ornery, but like it's like I just want to like I live for scaring the absolute hmm out of my children. <laughs> it's the greatest. Like it's my favorite thing in the world. I hide behind corners all the time. Oh, well, yeah. them, them throwing your trash away, uh, bringing you a beverage, and scaring them. I think or <laughs> I think it's why we have them. That's why you have kids. That's the only reason I was yeah. like, yeah, we let's do this. Getting me a drink, cleaning up. Mowing the lawn. Yeah, I can't take the trash wait. Out. Oh, I, I, ne- wait. I never, I never thought I would experience such relaxation and satisfaction as I did the first time I sat on my back patio with a beverage and watched my son mow the yard. <laughs> it, like- it, it was so calming. It was better than medication. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Like, cause you know, my oldest is he's about to be four. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, like a couple more years, man. You're gonna be pushing that mower. Just a reminder, he's not your oldest. Yeah, my oldest boy. So she can't mow the lawn? No. That's where we're at? I, I, she can, like she could, but, but like she does not get sweaty. <laughs> oh, like, she's, I, she's, she's not going to have it. She's not going to be our athlete. I'm just going to tell you that right now. No. No, she literally told me the other day, Dad, I need to go inside because I'm sweating. I don't want to be out here. It's I had gross. one. I had one. My, my parents were here over the weekend, and, and so they were hanging out with the kids, and they were. My, I had one. The princess of the of the bunch that was losing her mind because <laughs> she was hot and sweaty from jumping on the trampoline, hanging right. out in the backyard or whatever, and they were all about to load up and go to the park, and it was hot, right? It was it's, like yeah, it yeah. was like eighty degrees. She right. was like, "I don't want to do and that." She's like, "I'm not doing that." And I was like, "I don't really care. You can stay and take a nap, or you can go with everyone else and be hot and sweaty." And she just was not having it. Yeah, she went. It's like neither one of these gonna, are good options. I, I wasn't going to get her a good good out there, but. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I, get, I get that, and yeah. my kids are just not old enough. Um, no, that's not true. They are. Yeah. I have some that are old enough, but none of them uh, care enough yeah. about doing it. And so it's like Jordan. You know, I've talked about this before. Like, 
uh, my kids do an awful job when they try to help. And they want to help, and they're like, yeah, I want to help. And then I'm like, awesome, that means I'm going slower, and then I have to go back and do it again anyway, so I've literally just wasted even more time right. trying to mow the lawn. It's all about the investment, man. It's all about the investment. <laughs> even, even I when need Kendrick... you to come over and teach my children <laughs> no, how to mow the lawn, no, is what I hear. No, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. Or but... do I need to pay your son to come and do my lawn? Probably. Yes. Because, hey, he did uh... a great job at mine. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. He's, we're blessed with Caleb being very meticulous with that's things. That's funny. Yes, he mine or not. Yeah. That's where so, that's that's a big difference. Well, a little bit different story if Hannah were mowing the grass. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Well, so April Fools has never been like uh, I remember doing things to my to my siblings growing up. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. My I don't remember I don't remember a ton of other of other times that we've done that, but I was I was <laughs> I was going through my phone and deleting junk out of my camera roll yeah. on my phone, you know, cuz uh, my children will pick it up and start filming things. But sure. they've they've got this idea in their heads that they want to start this YouTube channel and they're going to be great YouTube stars because uh-huh. that's what they watch on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, because other I, people do you know, that, yeah. I haven't figured out how to fully block YouTube from their access. Yeah. And so they still see it. And so I'm deleting these pictures, but I'm going through them because I'm like, well, I don't want to delete something that's actually like, oh, that's great. Or, or at least there's a chunk of that that's like, yeah, that's funny. They're all trying to do the robot, and it's awful, and it's awesome. <laughs> but uh, so I'm deleting these stuff, and, and I come across a couple of videos of one of them that's like, okay, we're, we're going to make an awesome video. And this is, of course, she's, we're explaining what we're saying to the video because yeah, yeah. apparently <laughs> that's what we have to do. And so looking at the phone, okay, we're going we're gonna to make an awesome video. We're going to go in the other room. And we're going to sneak up in there, and we're going to spy on my sister while she is playing with slime. <laughs> it's going to be a great video. <laughs> That's yes. Sounds like, real lots, boring. Lots of likes, <laughs> lots of followers. I, like, I just see the dollars rolling oh, in from yeah, this YouTube man. channel. Dude, like, yeah. We are, wow, we're ready to get this. You got a great And so it's just cracking me up. Like they went, in one of the videos, another one was like, they were they were uh, they were pranking each other is what they said. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, one they they followed one into the room and there was like yarn strung across the room like taped to either side of the wall, <laughs> and they were like pranked ya. Yeah. And the and then she was like how? <laughs> and it was the funniest thing. I was like, oh, that's that's amazing. She was like, uh, I don't even get it. Yeah. She was like, oh, I kind of like that. It's cool. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> they put like, you know, like like some sort of like grease or something on the door handle. Uh-huh. My wife was like, oh, that's gross. And that's ran off and walked off disgusting. and they were like, break Gotcha. I was just curious if you guys did anything because when, at a, at a church that I used to work at, we used to, you have to close your computer when you leave because if you didn't, oh, yeah. People had access to your Facebook and uh, and your your instant messenger. Sure, back, you know oh, yeah. back then your, uh, yeah. your your Yahoo chat. Yeah, yeah, man. And uh, and so it was ne- it was never safe, and especially around April Fools, like the announcements that were made oh, on, no, no, on no, behalf no, yeah. of your family, which uh-uh. there are a lot of people that would get super <laughs> upset about that. But just like the things that had happened, and it, like one guy almost got fired because of it, <gasps> because like it was, of something he. Yeah, because of something. Posted, because of some, yeah. no, no, no. Because it's the, the guy that that like. Yeah, I mean, sure. There was. There's that end that's like, whoa. Yeah. And then it's like, dude, I didn't do that. I didn't do it's that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was me. Yeah. That guy almost got fired. Oh, okay. So it was, it was good times, but anyway, anyway, April Fools coming up. So April Fools, we're gonna record a different episode now. Yeah, yeah Ron. Ron <laughs> likes to make a big deal that I got hired on April Fools. Day. Oh, you did? Was that your yeah. first day? April first was my hire date. Uh, seriously, so, seriously. Oh so your gosh. entire career at Colonial is a joke. Is, is it's just one joke. big setup. <laughs> one, yep. 
We're just waiting for the punchlines. That's right. <laughs> One of these days. All right. So a couple of weeks ago, we had we had Wayne Waters join us. Tanner, you were gone. Wayne yeah, came yeah, yeah. in, sat down with us, and and we talked about something. We talked about the five voices. Yeah. And um, in the moment, I hadn't thought about this, but we have not talked about that at all for anybody that listens to the podcast. I don't sure. know that we've talked about it from a stage at all. I don't think so. Um, actually. And I think it's been extremely helpful. I think you guys would probably agree with us that, yeah. that with me that it, it's been very helpful for us. And so the the fact that I threw I threw Wayne into the into mm-hmm. that mix and then didn't fill anybody in, I thought you know what be, it might be good for us to come back to that right. and talk about the five voices. So um, I I figure you guys are prepared enough to know your own voices sure. that we can talk about this a little bit. But sure. um, I wanted to I wanted to, to throw that out there. So I, I looked up some stuff. So we there's five different voices. This is by um, this is you can go to fivevoices.com. It's a, a, a great resource. It's by but was it Giant Worldwide? Giant, yeah, right? yeah. And um, so there's five different voices. There's a nurturer voice, a creative voice, a guardian voice, connector voice, and a pioneer voice. Yeah. And everybody has all five of them, but you don't necessarily use all of them, or you may not use them very well, sure. or you may overuse certain ones or whatever. So, Tanner, yeah. what is your... Well, I guess we go for the top two, right? Yeah, top, it's like, yeah, so like top two, like my number one voice is nurturer. Okay. Uh, and number two is connector. And so that just basically means like I cry a lot. Um, and <laughs> with people. With people. Yeah. That's like, that's my thing is I just, um, <laughs> you could laugh at some Jordan's, Jordan. Jordan's He's trying here. to hide it in. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that like, that's my thing. I just like, I feel intensely for certain things. And then I'm always trying to, like my mode of operation is I know that person or that person could do this or, you know, who you should talk to is, um, or like, I'll even like just not do some things that I need to get done for the sake of connecting with someone. Mm. Like talk, I'm in the middle of a conversation. It's like, it's funny. Uh, cause, uh, Lauren is, Lauren is the same, uh, on, on paper. He's the same as me. Like his voicing is nurture connector. Okay. And so we had the conversation the other day about like, if I'm late to my first appointment during the day, mm-hmm. I'm going to be late to the rest of them because I don't know how to say n- I need to go. Like if I'm mm. sitting here meeting with someone, I don't know how to sh- shut this conversation right. down. Jordan I, has no I, problem. I this, li- this literally says, uh, I was looking at it, it says nurturers, almost half the population, they shy away from conflict. Yeah. I don't so you would see problem. that as a conflict? Like I, I would see that as, like, I, I want to make sure your this, feelings or something? I want to make sure this person knows how much I love them. Okay. So therefore, I'm not going to wrap this conversation up. I'm just going to text the other person and go, I love you so much. I'm a few minutes late. <laughs> I'm in this other meeting. And I'm going to hope that that carries enough weight with that other person. Uh-huh. Oh, Tanner just cares so much about people that he just... He just can't get away. Yeah. You know? What's your What's your worst? Or uh, maybe that's not the right way to say. Yeah. It. Or what's like your, my what's least your least used or pioneer? Or, okay. Pioneer. Uh. No. 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 Actually, that's wrong. Sorry. Uh. Guardian. So it goes. <laughs> okay, my, that like makes, my that voice. Makes more sense. Yeah. My voice. Uh. Like order. I guess. Uh-huh. Is number one nurturer, connector, creative, pioneer, guardian. Okay. So uh, those are kind of like. That's how right. I. That's how I do. So those for for those of you that have forgotten that Jordan is on the podcast with us today, yeah. Jordan, would you please step up to the microphone? What are what are your what are your voices, and what does that what does that mean for you? I'm a guardian nurturer, 
So Go my voice track. order, Dude, I is, just don't believe that is completely. <laughs> I, I wrote that down because we have we, from Tanner's. <laughs> I wanted to know, right? So and we Warren's. have we have these over that we have them in the, in, like posted in the office, so we all know. And I went in and looked at it just this morning to make sure. I was like, I was like, oh, I want to make sure I don't forget like what yeah. somebody is. And I looked at that. And I was like, a guardian nurturer. Okay. Yeah, that's different. Is that wrong or? How how does that how does that work? Because a nurturer for Tanner is that he wants to cry with you and hug you and sit with you, and you're shaking your head because that's not you. Yeah, uh, because you know predominantly the guardian is dealing with uh, you know resources and systems and processes, and the nurturer part I think for me is you know understanding where people are coming from and make sure sure that people aren't mistreated or the integrity of something is maintained. So I Mm. feel on a level in that way, whereas if somebody just got their feelings hurt, uh, that doesn't really resonate with me. But if they were hurt for a legitimate reason, they were wronged, then that really taps into the nurturer side of, of my personality. So like the reason behind things. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that guardian voice kind of mm-hmm. stepping into what affects you, that nurturer side of you. Yeah, I mean, I, I care deeply about people sure. and, and things. I just don't express it from an emotional, like I don't... Yeah. Not over there crying with people like Tanner is. I mean, you know, yeah, it's I, exhausting. Just yeah. so, I, like, I'm just. It's exhausting like, for me to think about you crying with people. I know you get to be the punching bag of so yeah. many of our jokes yeah. because, yeah. but of, I mean, because I, of the emotional side. But. Yeah, but it was kind of funny. I was sitting on my back patio with some buddies the other night, and we were talking about some of this. And uh, my wife was over there hanging out with the kids, and I, I just hollered at her. I said, "Hey." Shelly, how many feelings do I have? She holds up the, fing- the one finger. The one finger. Just one. Yeah. Just, just one. Just, just one. one. He's just got one. But it... What is that one? Um, Shelly. Okay. Not the kids. Um, well, it's kind of a 1A, 1B, Hannah, okay. Hannah and Caleb, you know? Okay. So if you mess with my family or stuff, it, sure. I'm, I may cry or need a hug or something. Yeah, I'm sure that's what'll happen. Get your gun or Mm -hmm. something. I don't... What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Nothing to do with your hat right now. Mm -mm. Um, Okay. Okay. So what... What what about... Hold on. Hold on. Brooke, what about you? No, no, no. Hang on. I want want to know. What's your... What's your... Jordan, what's your... What is your least used voice? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Connector. Connector. Yeah. Really? That's interesting. That makes no sense to me because I've watched you connect in... Pretty profound ways at Colonial. Well, I mean, it's like Brooke said. You you have all of them. Right. Just some of them are more predominant and reveal themselves sure. in a more profound way. But it's 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 not that you know. It's kind of like with you. It's not to say that you don't express some of the the guardian side. Right. It's it's there. It's just not as prevalent. So for me, the connector side mm-hmm. is is not something that I just. Embrace so much, but I I do it on a certain level, yeah. and I'm able to connect through. I I see the connection between how I'm a guardian nurturer, pretty emphasi- clearly emphasizing yeah. the connector side, right? It yeah, 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 drives some of that. I got you. Yeah. Where it's not just oh he's a connector, but he connects because of some of the aspects of the guardian nurturer. Yeah, like it, it's it's that interesting to me because I I think I've I've seen that play out because. You, the guardian side of you, thinks really intently about what makes this person tick, or what makes us uh, connect, or whatever. And I see you utilize those things in the ways that you care for those people, and in the ways that you relate with those people. 
Whereas I'm just like, we're just get along. Let's just, we love each other, man. <laughs> you know, which sometimes just does not work. Yeah. That's fine. Okay, so I, I wasn't going to skip myself. So no, you're okay. Right, okay yeah. So my my top two are um, creative pioneer, and so the creative has a a thinking wing yeah. and a feeling feeler wing. wing. And dude, you are not the feeler. And wing. I'm not the feeler. I'm not the feeler wing. I'm the thinker wing. Uh, so a creative thinking pioneer. And so mine are are like future oriented. Yeah. Um, they I, I I I like to look at some of this stuff. So it's like um, the. Uh, the pioneer on here says the, the approach to life is anything is possible. Like, okay, great. Well, well, let's let's give it a shot. Hey, let's do a podcast. Great, we'll figure it out. That'd be yeah. fine. Like, I, I I've told people literally, like when they've talked about, like, hey, so tell me a little bit about Brooke or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> he's the king of new possibilities. That's right. That's right. And I'll jump from it. So it's it's like there's so much about it that I love. Like. I've I've grown to love that I can jump from thing to thing, and yeah. you, you you laugh because I can compartmentalize and be like, "Hey, let's work on this right and now." Get okay, a now great stop. night's sleep, like it's it's <laughs> insane. It's insane to me because like something happens to me, I, I can't sleep that night. But like you, it's weird, man. I, you're you're an anomaly to me. Yeah. Like. So there's so there's parts of it that are that are great, but then there's other parts that's like uh, there's there's a part of it that's difficult that's difficult right. because because it's future oriented because it is like. Um, uh, it's the thinker and not the feeler side of things. I want to try different things. Uh, I have a tendency to um, leave people feeling used. I think right. that I, I only needed I only needed them for this thing, and now I don't need them anymore. Uh, it's more difficult for like friendships and things like that sure. because I'm because I'm always ready to move yeah, to something else. Yeah, and so I have to like really slow down to be like, how are you? What are you like? How are you feeling right now? Yeah, well, you do that. You do really well with me in that. I don't know how. I don't know how well you do that with other people because <laughs> I've not experienced that necessarily. <laughs> but I do know that you do that really well with me. Like you know, you kind of know what mode I need you to be in, so that it's productive. So that it's you know. He doesn't ask me how I feel. No, it's because you have one feeling. <laughs> That's right. It's just the one. Well, I, I don't they, think they always anything. they always make fun of me because of the same thing. It's like, oh, your feeling is your family, and that's. yeah, we like will name your children. <laughs> that's right. There's your, your there's your five. That's like all. that's it. You know, but or my, I, or I my think, one, my I one think, A, one B, I think the C and D. The benefit though, like I, I I love how like the five voices has given us this ability as a staff to to not just relate better with one with one another because it definitely does that, but even to like. Um, to recognize who needs to be pulled in on what project, what yeah. thing that we're we're trying to accomplish, and what, who doesn't, and who doesn't, like yeah, like I love like right now, um, you know, like the nurturer connector side of me is a processor, a verbal processor. Lauren's the same way, and we've used language recently in like our staff meetings and things. You know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna we're not gonna process right now. We're gonna try and really just get her done. We're mm-hmm. gonna, it's kind of an ops meeting operations get some things done and then we'll set some processing side time aside so that we can kind of air it out and or as Lori likes to say flesh it out flesh um <laughs> you know uh I think she was using flush it out flush oh yeah she yeah, she, she did she, she was she, flushing it yeah she wasn't fleshing it she was flushing flushing it. <laughs> yes yes by the way there is a difference between fleshing difference. it out and flushing it out just in case you can google that go ahead yeah so i i i uh i think it's been also, really helpful we love you, Lori. Yeah, we do love Lori. Uh, dang it, Lori. That's two weeks in a row. I know, man. She's just <laughs> going to be like so happy. Yay. Uh, <clears throat> she, 
her a legit. This is I want everybody to know this. A legitimate threat she gave me was I will write on your face with a sharpie. <laughs> That's I, as intense as she there. gets there. I was there for that. I, That's good. It was amazing. amazing. It was amazing. But I do love the, the five voices has, like I said, it's helped us relate and understand each other better. When we frustrate one another, we can kind of tap back into some of these things. Um, and even like, like I said, knowing, knowing who needs to be a part of the conversation for a specific uh, project or, or problem we need solved or, or some, something we're trying to attack together as a, as a staff. And then who, who doesn't really need to be bothered with being in that meeting and that conversation? Yeah. I found it tremendously helpful. I, I can't tell you how many times I've recommended it to mm-hmm. uh, previous staff people I've worked with. Yeah. I, I think had I been exposed to this years ago, um, I, I would have had a much better understanding, better staff relationships. Right. Because you do, like you guys said, we have it on our doors. It takes the Myers-Briggs personality assessment a step further. It incorporates some of that, but it allows us to really know who we're talking to. Yeah. And like Tanner was saying earlier, it's it, it allows us to know not everybody needs to be in the room for every project that we have. Absolutely. And so when we sit there and we go from just kicking around ideas to now who needs to be in the room whiteboarding this who's going to actually right. deliver on this yeah 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 it, it's extremely helpful and it's a it's a free assessment that you can take yeah. i'm, I'm going to have my wife and kids do it yeah so that's, we that's, can that's a lot of what i was interact. thinking it's like at, at fivevoices.com there's a there's the five voices assessment at the top I, I honestly for me personally these are the kind of things that are difficult i've been in a lot of places that have uh, that have, have said, yeah, hey, go take this personality yeah, test. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think especially because of that, and I think the way my brain works, like these things are really hard because I, I can kind of quickly figure out how to manipulate it to yeah. be whatever I think I'm supposed to be. And I think that's what I struggled with a lot of my life was like this one, this like specifically this one was really hard for me to figure out like, what are where where are my where are those voices actually line up? Because I had done so much to try to oh, like overcompensate for things that I felt like I needed to have, and and so I, I think I think it's really beneficial if you can take a, take a look at this. I mean, just just some of the conversations that we've had, it helps us understand. Like, okay, I understand where you're coming from now because I I, I understand that Jordan's voices are these. So when he says this. This is what what he is saying and what he's actually communicating. Whether or not that's what he comes out of his mouth, this is what you're communicating. Same yeah. thing for you, Tanner. You know, and for any of us, it's like, yeah, this is what my you know maybe my body language is saying this or my voice is saying this, but these are my voices, so this is what this I'm is actually trying to communicate. Yeah, uh, let me ask you this question, Jordan. Uh, so our, on our ELT, our executive leadership team, it's Jordan, uh, it's Jordan, not me, Lauren, and Ron. How has I'll put you on the spot a little bit. How has this, like the five voices, helped you guys, you know, you three, you, you, Ron and Lauren, relate and even overcome conflict? How's this, how's this helped you guys? It lets you know who you're talking to and it lets you move past this is not personal. Hmm. This is how they are. This gotcha. is how it, I'm more sensitive to. We've talked some with our staff. Lauren and I are, are very different. Yeah. And different's not bad. We're just different. We're God's made us different. Mm-hmm. We have different ways we look at things. We process information different. And it, it allows you to be sensitive to that and extend some grace in some areas where 
maybe you would have taken some things personal by the way that they were processing or the way they were saying, and right. it allows you to go, oh, that's that's how they process information. I knew that the five voices thing was accurate when I read the description to my wife, and she goes, mm-hmm, 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 <laughs> yep, mm-hmm, yep. Reading, reading your description. Reading my description. Yeah. And so it's, 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 I have taken, like y'all probably, I've, I've taken a ton yeah, of all these of them. things. This has been the most practical. Mm. Uh, it's it's been very helpful. The uh, the way it divides it up with your results, it really helps you understand. It helps you understand how somebody gives and how they receive information. That makes sense, and yeah. where they're coming from. And it's it's been super helpful yeah. for our growth as a as an executive leadership team. I will say, I don't think we would have made the strides in our relationship with the ELT mm. had we not done this. That makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So. Uh, I, I don't I know you want to I know we need to move past maybe five voices we do yes but I want to ask one more question go for it with these five voices yes. it's there's also like weapons that you can use right I don't want to get too deep into it and and all that stuff sure but I do want to say like as a nurturer my weapon is oh it sounds so lame my <laughs> weapon is a medical kit <laughs> like I want to get the band-aid out and fix it I want right. I want to be the healer you know like mm-hmm. the we we can do this. But that has shown up in my life as being a very toxic thing for me to do because sometimes pain is given for growth and I try to fix it. So I become like this um, coping mechanism for mm. for issues rather than letting the issues kind of bring about a resolution on their own. I will jump in immediately and try and fix something maybe even before it needs to be. Because I'm not really even sure what the problem is, I just try to cover it. Yeah. Like I just try to medicate. Is that is that also like like trying to um, uh, stop conflict? Like like if there's if there's if there's some sort of conflict, are you trying to like? Yeah, hey, let's not do that right now. Sometimes it's that. a preventative measure. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's like because that could be negative as well. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes it's like I'm gonna. I'm going to prevent the conflict mm-hmm. from happening, even though that conflict probably needs to happen. Mm. Um, and so I've seen some of those. Like we pull our weapons out sometimes, right. and and I know you've ca- you've called me out on mine, where it's mine, mine's a a sniper rifle, where it's oh, yeah. like I'm going to sit here and I'm going to be quiet and I'm not going to say anything, and then all of a sudden I'm going to like hit you with a bullet from forever away, like you didn't even think I was in the conversation. And all of a sudden, it's like, like where did that come like, from? My bad. I felt like I was in this. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, what's yours? Interrogation. Ooh. I tend to fire off questions okay. and dump a lot of resources at you. That makes sense. And so as a guardian, it, that makes sense. That makes sense. It, it's been good too. Like Ron and our executive pastor, we're, we're very similar and we've been able to right. hold each other accountable. Uh, when we recognize the weapon, because we have out. the same yeah. weapon. We right. reckon and we call each other out on it. And That's so really it's, good. It's been helpful. That's cool, man. Looking in the mirror, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So five voices, man, I would, I'd encourage it for yeah. Go to fivevoices.com. I'll link it on there. Uh, I'll link it in the show notes so you can do that. But it's it's a great thing, especially if you can if you can take it objectively, try to take it as honestly as possible, and then and then to me the best thing was when we've had the chance to actually sit down. So if you're talking about your spouse, like sit down and talk through, man. This is what mine are. Do you agree with that? As the person that that feels this on the other side of me, yeah. Um, you know, I think that's that's one way that I, I find myself being more honest is when my like you said when your wife is like, yep. 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 Well, the biggest question you can ask somebody with some of these is what you just said. 
What's it like to be on the other side? On the other side, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, that's good. All right, we do have to move on. We have some other things. Um, thoughts on, uh, we had Ron lead us in communion in a more Passover, Seder style and filling in a lot of information. We did have a question, so what are your thoughts on, uh, on, on, on doing, doing communion in that way? I think I've, I've, loved, uh, I've loved how in the last couple of years we have, at Colonial, just kind of embraced um, there's multiple ways of doing communion, receiving communion as a church community. Um, the the heart behind it is the same. The uh, scriptural, biblical truth behind it is the same. But the way in which it is um, provided is a little bit different. Mm. Uh, whether I'm leading it, whether Jordan's leading it, whether Lauren's leading it, or like this past weekend, Ron stepping into just some historical references and even like just the I loved his uh presentation of it. I loved uh his explanation historically of like how we're connected to some of those things. He painted a really good I, I'm visual. So like mm-hmm. as he was given some of these details like a guardian does. Right. Um it was painting a picture for me. So I I I could see some of these things happening. So I thought it was really cool for our church to kind of experience something a little bit different than what we would typically do in, um, in our, you know, evangelical yeah. kind of church. Yeah. So anything else on that, Jordan, that you want to say? Yeah, I thought it was great. <laughs> it's perfect. No, so, I mean, I thought it was cool for Ron to get up there. And, you know, Ron, a lot of people... A lot of people don't know Ron that well. Right. Uh, Very behind-the-scenes guy. He's behind-the-scenes, does yeah, his yeah. job, coordinates a lot of stuff for us to be successful Absolutely. in what we do. Um, and just for him to stand up there and to walk us through and to paint that picture, like you said, and to show kind of some of the things he studied and experienced and point us back to the New Testament and what Jesus was representing through all that. I, I thought he did a fantastic job. Yeah, it was yeah. cool for, I think, uh, one of the most exciting pieces for me on on that was the opportunity for our church to get to see Ron's heart. Because we, sure. we get to work with him, and so we know, we, know, we know his heart and his desire for people to to know Jesus really well and to follow him well, and for us as a staff to be cared for, um, to know that we're loved, even even on his guardian side, you know? But it was cool for our church, I think. To he is the most interesting man in the world. Legit, like so- if you have, if you ever had a chance to sit down with Ron at lunch and just listen to him tell stories. Oh my gosh! Okay, go do another one. Yeah, please do. Okay, another now one. do another one. No, they can't can't be the same because they're not. They're, yeah, they're all... tell the one about NASA. Yeah, that's right. Talk about NASA. Okay, yeah. and you, when you're in Germany and you you built the first GIF. You know, like all, all kinds of things. Interesting man in the world. So we got a question in the podcast that says, um, loved Pastor Ron's Passover meal communion. Are there any good resources if someone would like to do a Seder meal at home or just to learn, uh, just to read, or just read to learn more? Good grief, I can't even read my own, <laughs> my own typing. It's right here. Um, so I, I asked Ron, because obviously Ron's not here, so uh, I asked him and he said, yeah, I Googled it. Um, uh, so he had a, he had a couple of things. There was one website. Um, I'm going to pull it up real quick just so I can make sure I don't screw it all up. It's uh, HebrewsForChristians.com. I'm sorry, it is not that. It's HebrewForChristians.com. 
Hebrew4Christians.com, the number four in the middle. Um, again, I'll link it there. But the, the the site, like if you just load it up, it's like learn the language of the kingdom. And so it's teaching Hebrew for uh, for all kinds of things. And they have several different PDFs. There's a really, really long one that's all about um, Passover and the plates and the cups and all the kind of stuff like like Ron talked about. And um, and also, if you have not watched that, you should uh, you should definitely go back and, and watch the message and kind of get an idea of what we're talking about in case that's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he shared uh, his Google search was Christ in the Passover. And so he looked at a lot of videos and online resources from Messianic Jewish con- uh, congregations. That's and cool. so, you know, I don't know, and I hope I'm rep- representing this well by what I'm about to say, so forgive me if I, I misspeak here, but, you know, you have... Uh, the traditional rabbinic Jews, you have someone who is a Messianic Jew that embraces who Jesus is, and you have people that identify as a Jew because of their culture, their ethnicity, their heritage. So it's important to break those down when you're looking at some of this and doing your search. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's really cool. So, uh, Jordan, now that we've talked for forever and um, we still have uh, an interview to come, but I want to talk about the message a little bit. Uh, you're, you get to be tagged on to the end of uh, the end of the series here, the Transformed series. Uh, what is it like to? What's it like to be handed? Hey, here's the last one. Here's the last week of the series. Go wrap it up. It, I, you know, I enjoyed that uh, being able to hear Pastor Lauren come in and to set that up and to see where he was going with. Uh, this particular passage, the things that he brought in, especially with changing and and forming your thinking and changing that and emphasizing it, and then being able to stress some of the practical parts of what does it mean to pursue the will of God and mm-hmm. to bring that part into it after building off of his, I really enjoyed that. It, it wasn't a challenge. I think he set me up very well for being able to come in and wrap it up and at the same time emphasize some, uh, you know, uh, an important aspect. Because I said it yesterday when I when I started, there's a lot of meat in those two verses. There's even some things I didn't dive into sure. on worship right. that we could have explored and yeah, spent yeah, yeah. some more time on. Yeah. I, I, I really liked, uh, I really liked kind of this wrap up to the series a little bit, like, so the way the way you tied in some of the conversations we've had, the way you tied in our radical minimum, uh, it was just it was really really uh, really good. I I um you had a like a moment on the weekend where you had this uh, like four bullet points that were kind of on the screen of <clears throat> questions when it came, when it pertained to like um, thought, how you develop thought, how do you maintain thought, uh, those different things, and you you kind of laid them out and it said, whose thoughts do you spend the most time with? Uh, the second one being you have thoughts, but you are not your thoughts. I thought that was cool because it was that defining moment between uh, some of the shame that can be built into some thoughts that we have and, and calling out some of that stuff. Well, it, it's good that you, you bring that up because we had our group meet last night and that yeah. was something... And one of our group members said, can you unpack that a little bit? And it, mm. was, it was based off Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so, so is he. And so we have thoughts that come into our mind, but we get to determine those. We get to change those. We get to take those captive. We get to measure them against the Word. And in, in thinking about 
what we do a lot of times in our culture, we let social media, we let the people we spend the most time with mm. influence our thoughts. Mm-hmm. So if they're not consistent with the word, maybe I need to limit my social media interaction mm. to not be influenced so much in my thinking by what I'm seeing. Right. Maybe I need to spend less time with certain people because their way of thinking is not consistent with the scriptures, and I need to change that way of thinking. Right. Because everything goes back to... What does Jesus think about this? What does the Word say? That needs to be the plumb line, the standard that I measure my thought process against. And as I'm giving my life to Christ, I'm being changed from glory to glory more into His image, like Paul says in Corinthians. Right, that's really good. I, I You make me think about, like, there's... Um, I, I heard recently on, I think, maybe a podcast I was listening to or something... Um, where where the the kind of the the thought or question was posed a little bit in if we're consuming like like what you just said more social media more uh i don't know e- even media in general uh we're really consuming the thoughts and ways of the world um and if that's what we're consistently doing that is what we are consistently becoming and if we if we pursue truth in scripture and we we kind of latch on to people who are pursuing the father um more and more the less the the less the world influences our thought and we're it's it's the difference between transform letting the world transform thought and letting god transform thought mm-hmm. you know and and i love how you said take almost like taking your thoughts captive you can have these thoughts, but then juxtapose that with what's the truth of, of God? What's the truth in Scripture that we see? Does this align with the character of God and who He wants us to be before it ever becomes something, before it ever manifests itself, you know? Well, you know, I was a youth pastor for 15 <clears throat> years, and, you know, we would say garbage in, garbage out. You right. know, we challenge mm-hmm. kids with that. But one thing I would explore with students, and I didn't say yesterday, is I would challenge them with what we see with our eyes and hear with our ears goes into our minds, flows down into our hearts, and comes back out through our actions. And it really is a summary of when I have a real encounter with Jesus, I'm born again, I'm adopted into the family of God, I now have a new identity, and hopefully that identity impacts the behavior that I have. Yeah. And so as I learn what it means to take on the mind of Christ, as Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, to be like-minded, and I delight myself in the Lord, and He gives me the desires of my heart because He's changing those desires, Psalm 37, 4, then the transformation that is taking place is molding me and shaping me more into the image of Jesus. Mm, that's really good. Oh, so good! Right, so good. Right, write, write that, that down. down. <laughs> write that down. That wasn't in my notes. Write that down. Well, I was, I was yeah, curious. You, you, you brought up this part. We're talking about culture and you know being being trans shaped by the world and right. the voices that we're listening to. And one of the things you said was, uh, you were talking about um, not letting the, uh, the the world or culture um, influence us as Christians, but we as Christians should be influencing the world. And and I was I was wondering, like, are there certain ways that you see that happening where Maybe maybe American Christianity or or uh, evangelicalism or whatever that we that we tend to be more influenced by the world rather than where we should be influenced influencing the world. 
Yeah, and it was interesting that you talked about the guardian nurturer side of five voices, where part of mine, the strength, is they are not swayed by spin and charisma. Mm. They ask critical questions in order to ascertain what is true. Oh, yeah. And so for me, when I see the things in news or media or um, social stuff with our um, our social media that we have, I'm not I'm not easily swayed by that because my mind is going back to the truth of God's word because I'm immersing myself in that. Mm. And so I've I've got to make a conscious effort. And, and from a very practical standpoint, we discussed this in our group last night. When I started limiting my involvement on social media, and I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do. No, of course, yeah. Uh, I think you've got to pray through that and make your own determination on how much time you spend on social media. But when I limited that, if y'all remember, we talked about the point of entry right? with the sin progression of how once we can identify what may be triggering some uh, sinful behavior that's influencing us in a negative way, right. my time that I spent on social media was the point of entry for me. Mm. Oh, wow, yeah. And so when I limited that and spent more time in the Word, in prayer, on some things that right. are true, lovely, honorable, commendable that Paul talks about in Philippians 4.8, my attitude significantly changed. Wow. And my wife will affirm that very quickly. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it it's just something we've got to... To identify, we got to be sensitive to, and we've got to be careful what because God has given us this perfect computer in our minds, and, and right, and we've got to be careful what we put in there because once it's in there, it's in there. Mm-hmm. We may not be able to access it like we would want to, uh, but it's in there. So we talked about we also talked about the you know knowing God's will and pursuing God's will and and I was curious your thoughts on this as as gr- growing up in the church um, I've been a part of the church basically my entire life um, I've always I've always kind of had this picture of at least at least for the you know the first 20, 25 years of my life I had this idea that that God's will is like the Fidelity Investment Bank or Fidelity Investment, like the yeah. green line that's the commercials, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, 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 all you got to do is step on that green line if you follow that, like, that's God's will. So That's, that's a good picture. That, so, that, that's a really good picture. Well, so so the difference to me is that, is that I'm, I'm curious, again, I'm, I'm asking your thoughts here, so is there this one line, that this is the one line that's God's will, or is, is it a mindset that is, we're following what God has, like the mindset that God has in front of us is, is what God's will is, rather than this specific path that if we veer off this path in any way, now we have to figure out back where this green line is again to get back to it. I think it's a both and, and I said I like your description because I think a lot of people think it's it's very linear, it's very simple, it's a progression. You know, I grew up like you, uh, immersed in the church, mm-hmm. traditional Southern Baptist church, and when you talked about God's will, it was where are you going to go, what are you going to do, and who are you going to marry. Mm-hmm. That 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 was <laughs> that was the knowing will. God's will yeah. for your life. And I'm sitting there going, okay, well, I don't find Shelley. Elise Young's name anywhere in Scripture. It's not in there. But I do find who I was looking for in a spouse with principles behind the text. So it's not as clean as we would like for it to be with your green green line. But I think there is a progression. But I think the 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 thing that we make the biggest mistake on is we miss out that 
God is trying to mold us and shape us into who He wants us to be, and that's more like Jesus. Yeah, and that's going to look different for every single person. You know, I, I challenge you to go back and a really good read. And Brooke, I know you're a reader. I don't. I think they may have an audio book on it, but the Mystery of God's Will by Charles Swindoll okay. is who I referenced, and it's one of the most practical and helpful books on understanding God's will that I've mm. ever read. And it's more about the transformation as the whole series and passage was focused on. Yeah. Was the transformation. It's like, don't be like the world. Don't let the world conform you to its standard. Be transformed by the reunion of your mind so that you can test and know what the will of God is. Wow. And it really ties in beautifully with First John chapter two verses fifteen through seventeen to go and say, "Hey, don't be like the world. Pursue Jesus because the man who does the will of God is the one who lives forever." And so I didn't bring that in right. yesterday, but that is a good passage to sit with after listening to the teaching yesterday. First John chapter two verses fifteen through seventeen that really draws uh, out that conclusion. Don't be like the world. Pursue Jesus because mm. that's what's going to carry over into eternity. That's really good. I want to ask this question too. Like, uh, I think I'll be real candid with it. I think, I think in today's culture, when it comes when it pertains to Christianity, trying to live like Christ, I think I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this definitively, and then hopefully that opens up some conversation <laughs> because I, it's it's something I'm still wrestling with. But this is where I've landed at the moment. I'll say it that way. I think that we rely today on too much of personal conviction, which leaves so much room to miss out on God's will uh, because because it leaves so much room for us to dismiss. Well, I don't feel personally convicted about this thing, therefore mm. it must just be my my uh, interpretation of Scripture or whatever, which is something I'm interested to, to dive into a little more because I think it plays into, Brooke, the question you asked. Is it is it this green line where if you veer off, well, you need to get back over to the green line? Or is it something where God is this resurrection God, this redemptive God, where something happens and He makes good out of out of bad, He makes good out of wrong, and then rewrites our path to get to get back to where He needs us to go to? I just I hear, I guess I, to boil it down, my question really that I want to hear some conversation on is how much of our how much of our understanding of God's will for our personal life is dependent solely on personal conviction? Because I do think the Holy Spirit does come and convict and and move us along a path. And how much of it is dependent upon this is what Scripture says. No matter your personal conviction, this is what Scripture says and what is true. Because I think both of those apply, but but where do you find that line? You ask a really good, deep question that could be multiple <laughs> weeks of podcasts. I'm sure, yes. And so I'm going to give you just a short response. Perfect. But your question is really good. 
Um, and I think it would open up some really mm-hmm. good opportunities for discussion in the future. Man, you can bring into God's sovereignty and man's responsibility. God's in control of all things, but we have the free will to make certain choices and decisions. God, his foreknowledge, he knew the choices we were going to make, but yet he's in control and he He organizes our steps and he moves us and works us, but at the same time lets us choose and brings us back to the path he wants us on when we divert and it's it's not a it's not a simple answer yeah uh, to your question uh, there's there's a lot to explore in that what gives me comfort is that God doesn't change his word doesn't change mm. and just because we feel differently about something and we may feel strongly and passionately about that but we can feel strongly and passionately about the wrong things in the wrong way Yeah. It's kind of like I'll use this and and hopefully you'll understand where I'm coming from. You can be passionate about worship. But if you're worshiping the wrong thing, it doesn't make any difference how passionate you are. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And so we have to be focused on the right things, asking the right questions, going to the right standard because at the end of the day It, it's kind of like I had somebody come up to me yesterday. Hey, I really like the message, and I was I was because of my relationship with them. I was just kind of yeah joking back and forth. I said I don't really care if you liked it or not. Was it true? <laughs> yeah. And so you yeah, know yeah, because no, yeah, there yeah. there are things that I read in scripture. Shelly and I had this this conversation last night. Shelly's my wife, by the way, for you that don't know. Um, there are things that I read in scripture that I don't like. Mm. Um, because my flesh gets in the way, or I, sure. I've, I've, I think differently, or I'm bringing certain presuppositions, or right, as Pastor yeah, yeah, Lauren yeah. talked about last week, the cognitive bias that yeah. we bring in. Oh, yeah, yeah. But His Word doesn't change. Sure. He's consistent. He's righteous. He's, I mean, it, you may not like certain things, but He's God, and He gets to decide. Mm. One of the things I heard, maybe just that what you just said made me think of this. One of the things I heard uh, a, a pastor um, communicate to me one time is God will never violate His word, but He doesn't mind violating your understanding of it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's a challenging thing to kind of sit with because I do think sometimes we can miss it. Sometimes our, like you said, presuppositions or cognitive bias. Uh, can get in the way of us really seeing what's true, um, which to me makes all the is is all the more reason to be in a group of people chasing after Jesus to help hopefully help bring clarity in those moments. Francis Chan said something um, a couple of years ago that I latched onto that made a lot of sense. He said, "So you wouldn't do it." If I were God, I wouldn't do it this way, which in that way of thinking, you have just moved God under you, and when we place anything before God, that is what? Sin. That's idolatry. Mm-hmm. So, well, I can't serve a God who would what, Chan says, not do it the way I would do it? Mm-hmm. That's a very dangerous place to be because... He's God and I'm not. John 3.30 says, He must increase, I must decrease. He must wow. become greater, I must become less. 
you look at God's conversation with Job, he's like, hey, thanks for the insight, but where were you when I set the foundation of the world? Wow. Where were you when I spoke creation into existence? <laughs> and we're, we're the clay. Oh, he's the there. potter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it, it's okay to have certain convictions and thoughts, but it kind of goes back to this whole series of taking our thoughts captive, changing our thinking, using the Word as our standard, at the end of the day, if our thoughts are not consistent with God's thoughts expressed in His Word, then we're wrong. Yeah. And and we need to change. Now, there may be a process that's where we can step in as pastors, as fellow Christians, as sure. ministers, can love people through graciously of helping them, because it's it's hard. Man, it's, it's hard to grow up and be taught something and have an understanding that was maybe well-intended for years and then realize... That's not biblically accurate. Wow. And have to wrestle through that. So I think that's where the church steps in in the discipleship process, the groups process, to have those tough conversations, um, to really help each other as iron sharpens iron. So yeah. as one man sharpens another. I love that. Yeah, as you as you were saying that, the, the one thing that kept popping into my head is that <clears throat> you were you were talking about your your personal conviction, and I kept thinking about how our society is so individualistic, and it's like, well, this is my—we talked about my truth. My truth, you know, yeah. This is what I think. This is what I I have decided or what I feel, rather than the collective or, you know, how do we come together as a, as a body of Christ mm-hmm. to, to understand things better or to, as you said, iron sharpening iron, you know. Uh, and so that was that was the the one thing, but I, I agree. I think that's some—that was a—it's a question that I think we could—, we could bite on for quite a while. Yeah, that's a re- it's a really good question that you asked. Very very probing, um very insightful and so you know to you can you can go so many different ways right. with that and explore so many different things. All right, we need to pause this conversation. Yeah, man. We can uh we could obviously keep going on that on that for a while, but uh, we have an interview to get to. Um yeah. I I don't know uh how much Pastor Lauren leads into this so just as as you so you know this is this is pastor lauren interviewing uh the senior pastor from first baptist church uh bob mccartney and the senior pastor from grace church uh lance bourgeois and them just sitting down to have a conversation um so thank you guys for joining us thank you for listening in if you have questions we always want to get to those um questions uh what is it it's podcast at (laughs) colonialchurch.com yeah, is the email. Sorry about that. Apparently, I've never done this before. Yeah. It's the 13th <laughs> time, and I've said it a million times. Um, <coughs> excuse me, I just choked on myself. Uh, Easter is coming up this week. We have oh, yeah. this, this, next, this next weekend. We have two services, 9, 15, 11 a.m. Tanner, what are you excited about coming up this week? Oh, man. Uh, so this week, we've got, uh, like, I, like you said, Easter. Uh, it's a really special time. I think, in general, uh, 2020... Not being able to have Easter in the building, things like that. I'm excited about where this can go. That's right. We didn't, did this, we? Yeah, this 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 coming weekend. Um, man, it's just a, a great weekend to celebrate, to remind ourselves of truth, to express joy again. You know, uh, I think we've lacked that. Uh, this past year, mm. as as a as a country, as a world, we have really missed the joy, and so um, I'm excited to just man, we're going to sing some songs. We're going to celebrate. We're going to... What else do we have to celebrate but Jesus? Um, and so I'm excited that we get to kind of just um, bang that drum a little bit uh, this weekend and uh, celebrate corporately 
all churches across the globe, man, corporately celebrating Easter and what that means. Um, so I'm excited. I'm really, really excited about that. Sounds like it. Yeah, it's cool. Good deal. Well, uh, let's get to that conversation. Thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next week. I am very excited to be here with two of my good friends that I call you guys friends that I've been able to uh, to make the last couple of years living here in my new city. Bob McCartney from First Baptist Church of Wichita Falls, which uh, I think so many of us here in the city refer to as, you know, the big one, <laughs> the big church downtown. And Lance Bourgeois, my staff loves that I love to say your last name, Bourgeois. They, they tee me up for it all the time. Oh, you're hanging out with with who? With Lance who? Bourgeois? Uh, from Grace Bible Church here in the city. Um, in all honesty, I want to say these two quick things about you guys before we, we get to Gavin. Bob, you have been more of a gift to me than I can articulate. Uh, the That's way kind you, of you to say. <laughs> you just you'd want to interrupt me right away. I get it. Uh, you, seriously, I... Everybody wants a piece of you, Bob. You're you're a you're an influential leader in our big small town at a big church, and you've been here a long time. And I I'm barely smart enough to know how busy your world is, and you have made time for me since I first got here. I mean, I wasn't here three or four months, and you were taking me to lunch, and uh, several times, and Jason's Deli, which I've come to call Bob's Deli, <laughs> and uh, eating a big salad with your uh, your Iron Man. Uh, lifestyle and meat and some pasta and chicken and gravy and uh, you have just been a gift to me so thank you so much Bob uh, Lance I want to say to you uh, it's been it's been a fun connection with our daughters uh, our both our our daughters are seniors at Ryder High School and about to step into that next weird season of going off to college to to tech and to Oklahoma State and uh, you have very quickly uh, just taken risks and been vulnerable with me that has made our time together just a breath of fresh air. Just, oh, somebody I can be real with. And as you've already done, even even the three of us hanging out today, talking about your family and the highs and lows. And I just appreciate both you guys a ton. A That's ton. good. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot, Lance, uh, in our little love fest moment. What do, you, what do you like and respect about Bob? Because you guys have known each other off and on for a while. Yeah, so I think about um, Bob and his ministry over at First that has, uh, I think that our churches um, have a the best relationship I think that we probably have ever enjoyed maybe in our community. And so uh, to see a brother who is a partner in ministry that uh, we don't function in isolation, but I think that there's a partnership. There's so many uh, relationships we share uh, with with folks in our church, our leadership, and and the leadership over at First, and the privilege of, you know, I think our staffs know each other well. Uh, for Bob and I to enjoy the relationship we do, I, and I really enjoy Jerry, and Jerry has a great relationship with Derek, who's our executive pastor, and so it's been a real partnership, and so mm. uh, I've really appreciated the fact that uh, we, we don't have to try to build our own little kingdoms, that there is a real sense of we're on the same mission. Uh, we're more than just uh, we're more than just on the same team. We're brothers in Christ, and and God has different callings for us for where we do it. But that we're we're uh, like minded and kindred spirits in what we're trying to do. And um, 
And it's really been great. Really appreciate him and his heart and mm. uh, have enjoyed getting to spend time with him. Love it. What about you? I'm putting you on the spot too, Bob. What what you you go back to when Tom was Tom and Reggie both were leading over at Grace and being down the street, so to speak, and you've seen Lance's transition. Absolutely. And what I would say to you, uh, uh, to you, Lauren, and to you, Lance, is that uh, much of that was birthed out of the way that Tom treated me hmm. when I came here. Mm. And Tom reached out to me and was very, very kind to me. And that was a dozen years just, ago or so, wasn't it? Uh, it was nearly 13 now. Yeah. And uh, uh, loved him and, and still do. Um, but he modeled uh, that as a pastor and mm. welcoming me to this city. And so I felt a sense in which uh, that I grew through that. And one day I woke up and realized that, uh, man, I'm getting to be the old guy now. And, uh, <laughs> and so now I got to start you know, like returning that favor mm. that he did for me. And I would agree completely with Lance. It's, uh, it's been very helpful and healthy for for me and for our church uh, to view other churches that we have a great deal in common with in this city, uh, not as the uh, not as the competition. Uh, I don't think Jesus would approve of that mm. at all. Uh, but to see uh, see them as fellow workers, and uh, our styles may be a little bit different, our polity might be a little bit different, the way we go about decision making and that sort of thing, but. At the core of who we are, uh, there is a unity there that we can certainly build on. Mm. That stirs my heart. I love the, what's the story you told us that day of probably, it had to be Jason's Deli, it couldn't have been anywhere else, when you were sitting with Tom, uh, yeah. w- when he was still pastoring at Grace, and tell us that quick quick story. Uh, we were having lunch together at, at Jason's Deli, as a matter of fact, is exactly <laughs> Do what you own was. stock in Jason's Deli, probably? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Uh, you should. My, my wife <laughs> seems to think so as well when she sees like the, the debit card statement. Um, but uh, a couple of our First Baptist Church folks walked by and said hi, and of course they knew Tom. And a couple of Grace Church folks walked by, and they knew I was the pastor at First Baptist Church. And after a few minutes, Tom looks across the table, and he sort of put his finger toward me and then brought it back toward himself, just back and forth and said, this is good. It's just good for our people to see the two pastors of two significant churches in this city sitting at a table together, having fellowship and building a relationship with one another. And Mm. I I really appreciated that. Mm. I love that. Well, and take it a step further, you know, Tom passed on a Saturday um, and so it was a rough afternoon, as you can imagine, and somewhere the leadership has to figure out what they're going to do for services the next morning um, and how meaningful it was, I think, to our church body for Bob to pray uh, for grace and uh, in the loss of Tom and for our church family and the grief of, of that moment, um, that I think that that forever, it certainly was a manifestation of that relationship and the heart that was there. But good grief, was it a comfort uh, for our church family to know that that our brothers and sisters across town were praying for us and mm. were with us in that? And the honoring of that, I thought, was a remarkable thing. It got clipped, I guess, and then shared on social media. And so 
all of our folks were able to see that. Mm. And so it just was a rather remarkable thing. And I, you know, that that's not true in every community that churches have those kind of relationships. And it's, uh, certainly hasn't always been true in this community, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's true now, uh, and we can't go backwards. But it sure is a God honoring way for us to move forward as churches. Agreed. Do, do you guys? That's one of my curiosities as a, as the newbie in the room. I've been here. It'll be three years in July, so I, I guess I got to quit saying newbie. But compared to you guys, for sure, I'm new in the community. I love hearing you say, "Oh, it's true now." I love hearing you say it hasn't always been that way, but I, I see elements or. or of it now. I still only see a little bit of it in part because there's so many pastors I still don't know, so many churches I we haven't connected with and there's got to be 250 plus churches in our greater Wichita Falls area. I'm putting you on the spot about this too. Do you guys really see that or do you see a significant disconnect between churches or that competition that you that you talk about Bob? Where do you honestly see that picture of the church of our city? Well, uh, I'll just tell you, from the perspective that I, the seat that I sit in at First Baptist Church, uh, when I arrived, uh, one of the things that I picked up on was that if we had gotten a report card, um, we might have made A's in a few subjects, but uh, down at the bottom, it would have said, does not play well with others. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to change that. Mm. Uh, maybe it was because we were so focused on the mission. But I also think the culture shift in our in our country and just where we are has helped some of us to realize that we may not all go to church together on a Sunday morning, but someday we may all go to jail together. So we, we <laughs> might need to learn to like one another. And uh, in all seriousness, I think what has happened is that, uh, that hopefully followers of Jesus have come to realize that these small and second-tier differences that move us toward one church or another on, on a Sunday morning are not enough to divide us, mm-hmm. and, and they shouldn't be. And, uh, and the other church down the street isn't, certainly isn't the enemy, and they're not the competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the competition is, uh, is the devil and the world and, and a system that... Um, wants to squash the name of Jesus, mm. and so uh, that that's just kind of where I where how I approach that, and and I do think there's been a, a shift in the culture that has opened a door for this among Christian brothers and sisters. A galvanizing shift, yeah, I think so. Yeah, do you see that, Lance? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's really easy for us to get so tied up in our day to day responsibilities that we don't reach out to people and we're not intentional in the way that we go about that. And as long as the person, you know, at the church down the street remains a nameless, faceless person, I think it's easier to categorize them as the competition. But once we start building relationships, now there's a a like-mindedness and a kindred spirit in those things that allow us to see each other as deeper than that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, to align the three of our schedules isn't easy. I mean, this has been on the calendar for, what, a month? Uh, to find a time where we could carve out an hour, hour and a half together. But it's worth it. Mm. It's worth the effort to do it. Uh, Also, because we've got the opportunity, I think, as you were sharing in that other story, for we set 
we have the privilege of helping model or set the pace for the, yeah, the church down the street isn't an enemy. They're not a competitor mm-hmm. either, is for us to invest in each other and to speak well of each other, mm-hmm. and for our churches to learn to do that or see that or to hear that, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it's a gift uh, in what it looks like. You know, if we really think... I, I laughed about the jail comment you just made. I typically go the other direction and think, you know, if the throne room of God is every tribe, tongue, and nation, then I don't want our people to be surprised by who they see there. <laughs> I want there to be a familiarity of, well, of course, this is what I expect and uh, who would be here, mm. and for us to cast a vision for that. Mm. I don't know. What do you think, Lord? No, I, well, I'm the, I'm the somewhat idealist. Uh, who's just moved into town, who has my West Texas roots for sure, has my Southern Baptist roots, uh, and all at the same time, I've, I've lived in some other places, and I haven't led here. And um, I have come in hopeful that I get to connect personally with guys like you and, and other church leaders and other community leaders. And what I have found, I will share to this point, I have had a very mixed response. I've had some people that have not returned my calls. I've had some church leaders eager to meet once, but but almost with to no fault of their own. They're, they're busy people. We've all got our own stuff. I totally get it. Um, it's been the rare exception to have some pastors go, oh, I need... I need to be reminded this is bigger than my my flock. I need to have a connection to something larger than than our journey here in this corner of the city. Uh, you guys have provided that to me incredibly well, um, but even just recently, I've re- I've tried to be a little more intentional with with pastors of different color, and it's been mixed, just like it's been mixed before that with pastors that look just like me. So I'm hopeful still. And our what we heard the Lord say, you guys have heard me say this before. Our our church's mission that we've heard the Lord give us, our vision is uh, He wants us to make disciples. That's first and foremost, disciples of Jesus, which is the thing we can focus with the whole church of the city on. But specifically for us, he wants us to unite our city and impact the world. And unity and uh, connection to what the kingdom looks like has been something that just has come up over and over again in our leadership conversations and our our dreaming together. It's resonated with our people. Uh, and so I'm on the hopeful side still of what does that look like? And that also really makes me want to be here a long time. I want to be like you guys in that sense. I want to, because it just takes a long time to, to connect to what the kingdom looks like. You don't do that at an event. You don't do that in a given calendar year. It's, it's messy, slow, relational. Uh, and so I even look forward selfishly to what this friendship looks like over the next, you know, bunch of years. Um, so you guys are encouraging to me, even to hear y'all talk about Tom, I, I, I've already heard so many wonderful things about Tom, and that's just one more thing for me to be grateful for. Oh my goodness, Tom's got his thumb, his thumbprint in a positive way on even the Lord telling us over here at Colonial, I want you to unite your city. I want you to, I want you to teach your people, your kingdom people, not just Southern Baptist or not just Colonial or not just that side of the city. Or that gets my heart beating for sure. Let me ask you guys a couple personal questions. I don't know how often people get to look behind the the curtain with with you guys. What do you, what do you guys do for fun? What do you what are you reading lately? How are you, how do you how do you like to spend your time? Even if maybe you're not doing so much of it as you'd want to. I'll start with you, Lance. What what do you do for fun? What are you reading? <laughs> 
Um, so I read, I don't, so much of my reading is tied to work. I hear that. Um, and so for me, reading is very rarely a refreshing thing. Um, so I don't, I don't enjoy reading novels. I don't read fiction. Uh, I don't, I don't do those things yeah. very often. Maybe those are separate questions. What do you do for fun? Yeah. And what are you reading? Well, <laughs> it is. You know, I enjoy reading, uh, but I do more blogs and, and stuff online. Mm. Uh, and so my Twitter feed uh, is really significant as I stumble into things that in, engage culture and faith and the interplay between those mm-hmm. and what's going on. So those things are, are really significant to me. I really enjoy uh, social science kind of stuff, psychology, cultural awareness stuff, how things are being processed. I really enjoy that, but mm. um, but I, I don't do that for fun. That feels like work. If I'm going to read, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to have a pen or a highlighter in my hand, and I'm going to work through some issues. Every once in a while, as a leadership team, we work through something that we may have been settled on before at some point in the past, and we start working through that stuff again. And mm. um, and so we're, we're getting ready to start that again on a few things. Um, as a church, is this still where we are? Is this where we want to be? Uh, are there biases that were there the last time that we need to confront and so forth? So we're working through some of that stuff. Uh, I really, really, uh, I joke about the fact that I'm an SEC guy living in Big 12 land. Uh, and so I really, really enjoy college sports. I don't particularly love professional sports. Um, but you bleed LSU. I, I bleed go Tigers. my school. <laughs> go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> uh, and so I, I do love that. Um, we're mourning that Drew Brees just retired from the Saints. Mm. Uh, but those are the kind of things. I enjoy road trips. I enjoy traveling. Uh, I enjoy getting out of the house uh, and going to do those things. My wife and I just got bikes for Christmas, and so uh, having fun riding those and, and doing those things. And so, so that's probably me. Have you had any good-natured ribbings between you and Bob? With You both are SEC guys. Oh, absolutely. I'm a Tennessee Vol. The Vols. All, yeah. There is only one to UT to you, right? We used to have a football team. Well, they had Peyton Manning, who made our life miserable a few years. Uh, and then, anyway, so yeah, we, we've enjoyed some SEC talk over the years. Love it. Yeah. Love it. That is, I think that's one of the great things we have in common, that uh, that we can talk SEC football, and uh, all our a lot of our friends are certainly Big 12 alumnus yeah. and fans, and, and uh, so that, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, as far as what I'm reading, um, I'm much like uh, Lance in the sense that a lot of my reading feels a lot like work. Mm. Um, right now, our staff is working through uh, Ian Morgan Cron's book on the Enneagram. Okay. Trying to just learn how to relate to one another better. Uh, but again, that, that feels a lot like work mm-hmm. uh, to me to, to read that book. On my nightstand is The Life and Times of Andrew Jackson by H.W. Brands, wow. the University of Texas uh, historian. I love uh, history. I am passionate about history. I love to read about history. love to go to historical sites and to places. Um, One of the joys of my life is that uh, when we travel, we go to national parks and national historic places a lot of times. Uh, My daughter has uh, been forced into or adopted that or decided she liked it as well. (laughs) Um, She's 12 now. One of the reasons I value this friendship is you guys are on the leading edge, and I'm kind of trailing behind on that. So I'm going to need a lot of advice as we cross that teenage threshold uh, <laughs> this fall. 
Um, We've got it all figured out, by the way. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yes. Uh, I'm really <laughs> glad. You can either learn from your own mistakes or from somebody else's. Yes, that's and right. so I'll, I'll, I'll lean on you guys. Um, uh, but uh, that's, that's just a little bit of what I do. Well, and you're leaving out 24 half Ironmans and two full Ironmans. He's not even going to bring that up. The guy, you can't see this because this is an audio-only recording. The guy is a chiseled phenomenon. Uh, that, that, and Lance and I are just an hanging out. That is a wild exaggeration. Whatever, whatever. Uh, I love your I, humility, sir. I learned um, a few years ago that I could either pay a counselor or I could buy a bike. And my 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 cycling and my running and my swimming is my therapy. Well, I'm by myself. My phone does not ring. Actually, it does ring, but I, I don't pay any attention to it. And um, it has become my my solace. Ooh, uh, nice. That's every now and then I will be a bit pent up and frustrated. And yeah. my wife has been known to look at me and say, "Don't you need to go for a bike ride?" <laughs> <laughs> She knows you well. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Okay, I want to honor y'all's time because I know I know both of you need to get going fairly soon. Um, I want to ask you, before we pray together and for each other, I want to ask you a twofold question. What do you and keep this on the as much as you're willing to do for everybody who's who's listening. I think we do have up to six listeners now on our podcast, so speak carefully. Um, what are what do you love personally? about pastoring your church. Uh, don't, don't give me strategy. Don't give me, uh, you know, mission, all that stuff. What do you, what do you personally just love? There's so many aspects of pastoring. And secondly, what's, what's been the hardest for you this past year? What a unique year to lead in. So what, what do you love the most? Get you out of bed in the morning about your job and, and what's been the most difficult thing this past year? What about you, Bob? What do I love the most about pastoring my church? Well, uh, I'll tell you this. Um, we're engaged in a staff search, and I was talking, speaking to a consultant the other day, and he asked me, "What do you love about this? Which, which about Wichita Falls?" And of course, my first response was, "It's the scenery." Uh, <laughs> not so much. Oh, you know, not um, so much. You know, the highest point in Wichita Falls is an overpass, and I came came from a land of rolling hills and trees that change color. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. And and uh, and you know, it's not the scenery, obviously, but um, but I love the people. Mm. I, and I love the people in my church. Mm. And um, I say that, and people go, well, yeah, that's, that's what a pastor ought to say. But let me just explain <laughs> that I have pastored more than one church. Mm. And some people are easier to love than others. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my people are very easy to love. And uh, I feel loved in, in return. Mm. And I think there's a just a, that reciprocal relationship. The other thing is that at, at First Baptist Church, my role... Um, is um, is heavily weighted toward the preaching responsibility, mm. and uh, at heart, I am a preacher. That's my strongest giftedness. It's who I am, um, and so it's a, it's my wheelhouse. My people enjoy good preaching, and I try to provide it for them. Mm-hmm. Love it. What about the hardest thing this past year then for you? Uh, it probably relates to that. Yeah. Preaching to the camera mm. was absolutely torture for me. Mm. I need 
Uh, now, our, our church is not uh, responsive in the sense of verbal response, mm-hmm. like in some like traditions. A good, a good Pentecostal church, right? <laughs> uh, but the, even the, I didn't know how much I missed the nonverbal feedback of a head nod right. or uh, a chuckle. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not, a, not a, you know, a belly laugh, but a chuckle when I say something mildly humorous or just uh, maybe that look on somebody's face like... I'm not really getting that. Yeah. And so you can go a little deeper into it and try to hit it from another angle to right. explain it when you realize you're not making that connection. Yeah. The nonverbal uh, feedback mm. uh, was is integral to my preaching. I I didn't realize that. Um, and I'm not I'm not much of a I'm not much of a preacher to the camera. Mm. I'm a pastoral preacher. I, I kind of figured that out. Well, and even but, though you guys already are on. The television, yeah, but I don't. It's not. The camera. It's not the same yeah. thing when there's. Yeah, I totally get it. I get it. What about you, Lance? What do you, What do you love, and what's been hard? You know, I have um, the privilege of st- stepping into this role, uh, having had a long history at our church, um, and so the opportunity to step back into Grace Church was an absolute gift. We loved this place. It was. Strange, we left for five years, and, and we picked up and moved, but I, we both had a sense that God wasn't done here with us, and so we didn't, we didn't know what that meant, uh, but to come back, and, um, you know, folks at Grace stay a long time. You know, uh, Tom got here in 1976 and was here until the Lord called him home, and Reggie's been here since 1978, and so when I came here... Uh, in 1998, they made the comment that uh, we don't extend offers to just anybody and people don't leave. And so you need to be prepared to be here for a long time. So, uh, and, and that's in part, I think, because our church loves our pastoral staff well. I, we have been fortunate uh, for God to bring us some great staff members mm. uh, that make us better. And um, I had the privilege of leading. Uh, and serving on a staff and partnering with a staff towards loving uh, some great people. You know, we are a Bible-teaching church, and we've got a a good history of that. Uh, And I really love uh, our our grace orientation. And uh, so I think our name was aptly picked all those years ago. Um, But, you know, the fact that we get to minister and care and love people with an open hand and and we'll we'll try to be faithful to who God brings to us, mm. and so that's just really been uh, phenomenal. Our church has, is a gift. It feels like it's a rarity. I too have served in other churches, um, and so we just—it's great. We've loved being back here. Uh, I'm humbled by the role that I get to serve in, and so that's really been great. Uh, the second question: What did I miss? I'll I'll jump on what Bob shared. My goodness, was it awful last Easter for the church not to gather together. Mm. You know, for us to all be isolated, and I've got to look at a camera, and we had, you know, in that room, we had somebody that was running our media slide so the lyrics would appear on the screen. We had somebody running the soundboard. We had somebody running the cameras. And then we had whoever was preaching, whoever had made announcements, um... Our worship pastor was in there, and then we had one elder. We rotated which elder was there, that we wanted a shepherding presence of an elder there. If our doors were open and we were ministering, we wanted that. And so to think that that's, that's the, entire, the entire congregation in the room, 
that we have. My goodness. And so, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what y'all's experiences would be, but I, I don't know that anybody on our staff is particularly innovative. And so most of what we did that we do in ministry was what we felt like was beneficial to us or we've done before or we have observed it somewhere. And so for a year where all of a sudden we found ourselves in a situation where the things we've observed, the things we have done, none of those things were available to us. Mm to come through this year. And as I was talking with some of the guys on our staff, you know, the reality is a program-driven ministry, you would expect it to suffer if you can't have programming. Mm -hmm. But a relationship-based ministry coming out of the turmoil and the angst and the heartache of the isolation and the loneliness and the loss of jobs and and sickness and not being able to see family members and mm-hmm. loved ones in the hospital that you can't go see. And, and how do you do that? And funerals for the last year mm. when you couldn't have more than whatever, 10, 10 or 15 people, yeah. people at right. a funeral. Right. And you're thinking, these were celebrated saints. And I know precious in the sight of the Lord is the homegoing of his saints. But man, where do we get to celebrate those lives and weddings? You know, all of those things. And at the end of the day, what do we? What else do I love about being a pastor? Is where's another profession where you get invited into the most uh, intimate, hard, blessed, celebrated, sacred moments of another person's life? Mm. And so, for us in the last year, that's happening over FaceTime, which is not really an adequate substitute. You know, and we're trying to FaceTime people in hospital calls. It just, it, it was a rough year. Mm. And so as we're watching folks starting to come back, whether or not it's because uh, herd immunity or vaccine numbers are going up or illness numbers are going down or hospital beds are becoming available, I, I don't know. But it sure is nice on mm. Sunday mornings when I'm seeing a couple, and I'm a hugger, and so to <laughs> be able to hug somebody on a Sunday morning and say, Good grief, I have missed you. It is so good to see your face this morning. Mm. Um, that's that's been really remarkable. Mm. I know both I know enough to know both of you have the same hope I do that we're coming out of this thing. That uh, with a given it's not gone, with a given that there's still more to be discovered. Uh, with vaccinations, with numbers going down, with with everything from the politics of it to the the vibe around town and in different stores and restaurants. I'm just, oh, I know, I know we were speaking before this recording started about just our anticipation of Easter weekend and the, the beauty of that, that Sunday for us as Christians, are we going to have the floodgates open and everybody is going to come back to church, so to speak, along with all of our folks that only come on Easter and Christmas and a few other times a year, or, or is it going to be just an extension of what we've experienced this past year? Um, we, we lamented together. We really don't know. Uh, and that's not our job to, to figure that out ahead of time. It's just to be ready to celebrate. And, but I'm, I, I share that with you, the, the loss of this past year in different ways and the hope that we can innovate and be present with our people and lead faithfully. Thank you for the way you guys helped me do that. Um, let's, let's hit the pause button. I could do this for another half hour easy. Um, but but uh, let's hit the pause button, and, and I, I trust we'll get to do this again at a different point. Uh, let me pray for y'all and, and for our churches. And um, oh, thanks again for being here. Let's pray. Father, together, the three of us just claim that you are our king, that with our fancy business cards and uh, 
signs somewhere that probably even say Dr. Bob McCartney on it. Uh, and Holy Reverend uh, Lance Bourgeois. Um, Lord, we, we just recognize that we are wounded healers, that we are uh, saved by your grace, that we have been called together uh, to run hard after you and to, to lead and to serve in our respective uh, arenas. Uh, Lord, thank you that we get to do it together, in a sense, as friends, as brothers, um, and thank you that we get to cheer each other on much more often from down the street in this big, small town. Uh, Lord, together we lift up uh, grace to you and just uh, trust that your desire to bless uh, a ton of people in and through grace in their ministry is bigger than anything we can imagine. We pray for the staff there, the elders, uh, the decision makers, the leaders, the servants. Uh, we pray specifically for Lance and his family um, and just beg you to bless and uh, to provide. Father, we, uh, we also lift up First Baptist to you. Um, thank you, as there so often is, uh, that you, you place flagships in front of us. You, you, uh, you point to uh, the great things you have done over a long period of time to encourage us. Uh, thank you for the testimony of that church's ministry for a long, long time. Lord, we lift up First Baptist to you as well, their influence in our city. Um, the many, many people in different arenas of community leadership that call that their church home. Uh, we lift up their staff and, and their deacons and their decision makers as well, and specifically Bob and his wife and daughter, and just pray your richest blessings on first. Um, Lord, I know these gentlemen uh, just cry out to you as well for Colonial. Uh, Father, would you make our churches um, just more and more in our minds and hearts uh, your church with a capital C. And uh, oh, just as Bob said earlier, that the, the little things would just be cast aside, roll off our backs, and we could celebrate uh, who we are in you, Jesus, and we'd be, we could be faithful to your mission of sharing your good news, your, your life-changing invitation to know you and follow you, um, that we would be truly, truly uh, a city in the hill, light in the darkness here in Wichita Falls, Father. Um, thank you, Father. Thank you for these men and for their churches and all they represent for your kingdom. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. For more information about Colonial, please visit colonialchurch.com or download our app, from the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can send us your thoughts, your feedback, and questions to our email, podcast at colonialchurch.com. And please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll pick up the conversation again next week.